You are listening to The Mystic Show, episode 177. Time to turn on your third ear. (laughs) That's right. We've all heard of the third eye. What about the third ear? (laughs) Welcome, everyone, to The Mystic Show. My name is Chris Curran. I'm your host. And I'm happy to be on this journey with you. This is not like a monologue show or a teaching show. You know, like I know something that you don't. We're both just on a journey and we're each experiencing wonderful things and learning and growing. And it's nice to walk shoulder to shoulder with you on the path. On this show, we talk about spirituality and mindfulness and meditation The purpose of this show, for you and I to move forward on the path, to get real with ourselves. You know, in the crazy world of today, we can't always be 100% uh, authentic and open in the outside world. Sometimes you have to just keep quiet and avoid trouble, (laughs) even when you feel like you might want to speak up, right? Um, But when it comes to yourself... You should always be authentic and open and honest and all that, right? And that's, that's the power we have as humans. We can move forward on this path. We can ask questions and get answers from inside ourselves. New episodes are released every Friday morning. You can hear the show as a podcast everywhere. Literally walk around any street corner. You'll hear someone playing the mystic show. (laughs) All right, maybe not, but if you go to iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or TuneIn Radio, you'll hear us. And of course, all our previous episodes are on the website, www.themysticshow.net. Themysticshow.net. You can also sign up for our behind-the-scenes emails, which you get this really cool audio project for free that I made, 47 minutes. It's called Relax with Rumi. It's really cool. Check it out, themysticshow.net. And thank you, thank you to Pause Your Life. That's an organization that facilitates meetups and retreats to allow all of us to hit the pause button. Stop the madness. Unload all your baggage. Put down all your negativity. All your day-to-day stress, anxiety, chips on your shoulder. Just put it all down. Just hand it over to the universe to take care of. And you can just be a human being and just sit back and think, wow, what a joy it is to be alive, right? That's something we overlook every day. Most of every day we overlook that. The fact that this human life is such a magical adventure. It's just amazing if you can think about it for a little bit. But most of us are, we all get too busy, crazy busy. And we don't have time to stop. So anyway, pauseyourlife.org is the website, pauseyourlife.org. And in this episode, well, we're going to continue with our summer of As a Man Thinketh. This is the powerful, tiny book 
written by James Allen and published in 1903 or 1902. I just saw something that said 1902, but I I thought forever that it, it was published in 1903. But anyway, it's a very short book. And for this summer, we're all going to take it easy. So these Mystic Show episodes may be a little shorter than average. I think before the summer of As a Man Thinketh, I think episodes were between 30 and 35 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. Of course, if I interview someone, which is rare, uh, that usually approaches one hour. But for this summer, I don't know, episodes might be 10 minutes or maybe 15 minutes. I don't know. So just enjoy this book. And you might have to rewind and listen to some parts again or listen to each episode twice just to get the full effect. But we are reading from the second section of this book. The section is called Effect of Thought on Circumstance. You know, our thoughts are so powerful. We really, (laughs) well, typically we don't comprehend how powerful our thoughts are. And that's a big part of the spiritual path is learning how to use your thought power, learning how to use it wisely. I mean, you are a machine. You are this creation. One of the tools you have is your mind. So if you don't learn how to use it, it's basically like having this super powerful tool at your disposal and you just don't use it. I mean, really, that's how important it is for each of us to learn about our mind, to meditate, to regulate our mind, and not control our mind, because that's really not possible. Our mind does what it does. Anyway, I've talked a lot about the mind and meditation on the show before. This section is called Effect of Thought on Circumstance, and again, it's from the book As a Man Thinketh, written by the amazing James Allen and amazing doesn't even do him justice. The, I don't, I'm just going to say James Allen. I'm not going to give him an adjective. I'm going to give him a silent adjective (laughs) that you can hear with your third ear. Oh my God. That's so stupid. Anyway. All right. Let's, uh, let's continue reading from this section. Effect of thought on circumstance. Men do not attract that which they want, but that which they are. Their whims, fancies, and ambitions are thwarted at every step, but their inmost thoughts and desires are fed with their own food, be it foul or clean. The divinity that shapes our ends is in ourselves. It is our very self. Man is monocled only by himself. Thought and action are the jailers of fate. They imprison, being base. They are also the angels of freedom. They liberate, being noble. Not what he wishes and prays for does a man get, but what he justly earns. His wishes and prayers are only gratified and answered when they harmonize with his thoughts and actions. In the light of this truth, what then is the meaning of fighting against circumstances? It means that a man is continually revolting against an effect without, while all the time he is nourishing and preserving its cause 
in his heart. That cause may take the form of a conscious vice or an unconscious weakness. But whatever it is, it stubbornly retards the efforts of its possessor and thus calls aloud for remedy. Men are anxious to improve their circumstances, but are unwilling to improve themselves. They therefore remain bound. The man who does not shrink from self-crucifixion can never fail to accomplish the object upon which his heart is set. This is as true of earthly as of heavenly things. Even the man whose sole object is to acquire wealth must be prepared to make great personal sacrifices before he can accomplish his object. And how much more so he who would realize a strong and well-poised life. Here is a man who is wretchedly poor. He is extremely anxious that his surroundings and home comforts should be improved. Yet all the time he shirks his work and considers he is justified in trying to deceive his employer on the grounds of the insufficiency of his wages. Such a man does not understand the simplest rudiments of those principles which are the basis of true prosperity, and is not only totally unfitted to rise out of his wretchedness, but is actually attracting to himself a still deeper wretchedness by dwelling in and acting out indolent, deceptive, and unmanly thoughts. Here is a rich man who is the victim of a painful and persistent disease as the result of gluttony. He is willing to give large sums of money to get rid of it, but he will not sacrifice his gluttonous desires. He wants to gratify his taste for rich and unnatural viands and have his health as well. Such a man is totally unfit to have health because he has not yet learned the first principles of a healthy life. Here is an employer of labor who adopts crooked measures to avoid paying the regulation wage and, in the hope of making larger profits, reduces the wages of his workpeople. Such a man is altogether unfitted for prosperity. And when he finds himself bankrupt, both as regards reputation and riches, he blames circumstances, not knowing that he is the sole author of his condition. I have introduced these three cases merely as illustrative of the truth that man is the causer, though nearly always unconsciously, of his circumstances, and that, whilst aiming at a good end, he is continually frustrating its accomplishment by encouraging thoughts and desires which cannot possibly harmonize with that end. Such cases could be multiplied and varied almost indefinitely. But this is not necessary, as the reader can, if he so resolves, trace the action of the laws of thought in his own mind and life, and until this is done, Mere external facts cannot serve as a ground of reasoning. Circumstances, however, are so complicated, thought is so deeply rooted, and the conditions of happiness vary so vastly with individuals, that a man's entire soul condition, although it may be known to himself, 
cannot be judged by another from the external aspect of his life alone. A man may be honest in certain directions, yet suffer privations. A man may be dishonest in certain directions, yet acquire wealth. But the conclusion usually formed that the one man fails because of his particular honesty and that the other man prospers because of his particular dishonesty is the result of a superficial judgment, which assumes that the dishonest man is almost totally corrupt and the honest man almost entirely virtuous. In the light of a deeper knowledge and wider experience, such judgment is found to be erroneous. The dishonest man may have some admirable virtues which the other does not possess, and the honest man obnoxious vices which are absent in the other. The honest man reaps the good results of his honest thoughts and acts. He also brings upon himself the sufferings which his vices produce. The dishonest man likewise garners his own suffering and happiness. It is pleasing to human vanity to believe that one suffers because of one's virtue. But not until a man has extirpated every sickly, bitter, and impure thought from his mind and washed every sinful stain from his soul can he be in a position to know and declare that his sufferings are the result of his good and not of his bad qualities. And on the way to, yet long before he has reached, that supreme perfection, he will have found, working in his mind and life, the great law which is absolutely just, and which cannot, therefore, give good for evil, evil for good. Possessed of such knowledge, he will then know, looking back upon his past ignorance and blindness, that his life is, and always was, justly ordered, and that all his past experiences, good and bad, were the equitable outworking of his evolving, yet unevolved, self. And on that note, we can all rewind and listen to that again. Wow. Such wisdom, so simply written, so powerful for us to hear and think about and apply to yourself. So one thing you can do is write in your journal. I know you're having some thoughts when you hear these writings of James Allen, so maybe you can work out your thoughts in your journal. Journal's a power, journaling is a powerful thing, um, but sometimes we don't feel like doing it, But which is okay. Don't force yourself, but but it's always good. So have a great week. We'll have a great day and a great week. And until next time, as always, keep shining.